This is the Morning Rush. Coming up on today's show, the venerable one, yes. Mike, Mike Burke, back in studio. Back. It's been a while. Well, you went on vacation. We are. I did. I left. I ran away. But I came back. Yes, you did. You always do. I <laughs> always do. You, don't, you can't even run away right. No. No. Not it's allowed to cross like a, the street. It's like a boomerang. It just comes, comes right back. You just stand at the corner. That's right. You know I'm not allowed to cross the street. <laughs> Uh, we'll check in and see how the O's, Nats, and Bucks fared last night. Only one of the three uh, had a good night. NBA free agency starts off with a bang. Death, taxes, and Carson Wentz getting hurt. Mm. It's amazing how many times this guy gets hurt. It is. And uh, we'll pick Mike's uh, brain on a couple things that mm. uh, happened when I was gone. Yes. Things that I talked about yesterday. Uh, but we'll revisit to kind of get your thoughts on uh, okay. some certain things. So I can do that. all that and more. If I can remember. <laughs> it's been, yeah, last week was a long week. time ago. That's right. That's right. I mean, yesterday was a long time yesterday. ago. <laughs> I can't remember what time I got up this morning. Uh, all that coming up in the next two hours uh, of the show. Good morning to you. How the heck are you? So glad to have you on board. So glad you could take some time to tune in and hang out as we kick off this, whatever day it is, Tuesday morning. All day it is, as a matter of fact. It is. Several ways to get involved on the show, as always. Uh, Twitter pages, at WCMD Morning Rush. Uh, My page, at Rush Tony C. That's the letter C, not the word. And uh, Mike's Twitter page, at Mike Burke MDT. Facebook at WCMD Cumberland Radio. All those pages, free and open to the public. Don't have to pay to get on them. Just check them out. Like them, follow them. Anytime uh, you feel froggy, take the leap and leave us a message. Drop us a line. I actually had somebody check in yesterday as I was complaining about I-95. Yes. And uh, a listener to the show, Scott, checked in and said that he had just traveled... 600 plus miles on 95 hmm. last Friday, and he uh, he felt my pain. I'll bet. And uh, actually, I don't even know how far is Myrtle. I never detected it. I don't know. I've never been there. I highly recommend it. Oh, that's what everybody tells me. Yeah, but uh, it's got to be a good 500 plus. I have to check it out. I don't know. Maybe he was in the same place. Hey, he might have been my neighbor for all I know. Well, I there you go. See? But uh, anyway, social. there you go. <laughs> Get involved. With those pages, Rush Line is open. As always, uh, 301-759-2628. Your chance to dial and dance. Get involved. 301-759-2628. And, of course, uh, the podcast page on our free Podbean app where we upload every show every day minus commercials. Go back and check out anything that you may have missed because you don't want to miss anything. Mm -mm. We understand that, uh, you know, Two hours is a long time. Not, most people don't stay tuned in for two hours. I wish you would, but, you know, I understand. People got to go to work, in uh, the car, whatever. So you miss a good portion of the show. That's why the podcast page is there. To go back and check out anything uh, that you may have missed. All right. So if you tell uh, Mike or I or anybody that uh, you can't get involved, uh, you're lying. You're not trying hard enough because there are several ways to get involved on the show. All right, let's kick things off as we, uh, well, every every day we kick things off with a rock around the region. I want to rock! 
And Mike, we will start with Major League Baseball. Okay. Where your Orioles yes. uh, were doing some yard work yeah, man. in the Bronx. The 1-1. One, one. And that's in the air to deep left field. Back is Gallo, running out of room, and he will leap, and it's gone! And the Orioles go back-to-back. 2-0 Baltimore. The call on 105.7 The Fan, four solo home runs. For the O's last night, they beat the Yankees, which I I know uh, warms your heart anytime they can beat the Yankees. Yes. Uh, 7-1 the final, uh, Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, Ryan Mountcastle and Ramon Urias all went yard off of Andrew Heaney, who was making his uh, Yankee debut after getting acquired uh, from the Yankees. I'm sorry, from the Angels. Mm-hmm. That'd be hard to acquire somebody from your very own team. Well, they can do it. If anyone can. <laughs> it would be the Yankees. Uh, from the Angels at the deadline, uh, Jorge Lopez pitched well last night. Uh, yeah, took he a no- sure did. Yeah, took a no-hitter into the sixth inning. Uh, he allowed one run on one hit in six uh, to earn the win. Elsewhere, the Nationals were on the verge of earning a win over the Phillies last night. Uh, problem is, uh, it's a nine-inning game. Three balls, two strikes. Here's the payoff pitch. Swing and a line drive into left field. There's a base hit down the line. Jankowski will score. Here comes Segura, and it's a two-run single for JT Real Muto, and the Phillies are back on top. It's 5-3. to three. The call on WIP, five runs in the ninth for the Phillies as they beat the Nats 7-5 in D.C. Uh, Josiah Gray made his Nationals debut after coming over from the Dodgers in the mega Scherzer-Turner deal. Uh, he went five innings, allowed one run on four hits, two walks, and two strikeouts. Andrew Stevenson and Carter Keyboom homered uh, for the Nats. And, Mike, you came in this morning, and you thought the Nationals won last night Well, because I, you missed the ninth inning. I did. I went to bed after the Orioles game, and I checked it, and the Nats were up 3-2. to two. Yep. And I thought, well, you know, what's going to happen here now? And, and when I was trying to get to some sleep later on, I, I – I checked Twitter, and one of the post beat writers for the Nationals wrote, uh, the Nationals are still just six and a half behind the Mets. The Mets, right. Because the Mets won't take advantage of this. (laughs) And she said, if not for four blown saves, they'd be two and a half. That's right. And now think about what they did to their team, and that's just how close they were. That's right. Which just validates what you and I thought before they – That's right. Tore everything down. Right. And we'll get into that here in, in just a bit. And okay. Brad Hand wasn't even around last night to no, blow we the can't save. Blame him. Can't blame him. Although he did blow a save for well, Toronto. All right, let's blame him. <laughs> Mr. Hand. Yeah. Well, I guess he didn't blow a save. The game was tied 2 2 uh, in the 10th inning. He came on for the Blue Jays, his new team, oh, okay. and gave up three runs to the Indians last night. Well, so he certainly left a legacy in DC. <laughs> he sure did. In Milwaukee, uh, Eduardo Escobar. Hit a three-run homer and had an RBI triple as the Brewers uh, beat the Pirates 6-2. Jacob Stallings and Gregory Polanco each had two hits for the Bucs. Bryce Wilson made his Pirates debut uh, on the mound after being acquired from Atlanta. He pitched well. He allowed just one run on two hits in five innings of work. And in the NBA, the Wizards are reportedly close to signing free agent point guard Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, Dinwiddie played in just three games with Brooklyn last season after partially tearing his right ACL in late December in his last full season with Brooklyn, which was uh, 2019-2020. 
Uh, Dinwiddie averaged 20.6 points a game. The Wizards trying to find a replacement at point guard for Russell Westbrook, who is now an L.A. Laker, which, believe it or not, is something I did not know until this morning. morning. I had no idea. Now, look, I said it yesterday. I make no apologies for it. When I go on vacation, Mm -hmm. I don't follow anything. I don't watch TV. I don't get on social media. I don't watch games. I don't follow sports. I don't do anything. You don't answer my call. I don't answer Mike's calls. An occasional text. I did answer your text, I do believe. You told At me least to leave one. you alone. I did. So <laughs> leave me the hell alone. I'm on vacation. I don't answer emails, except for the one I have to remind people I'm actually on vacation. vacation yeah. So I, That I, wasn't me, by the way. No, it was not Mike, by the way. I, I completely go off the grid. I check out. That's what vacation's for, in my in my mind, in my, in my opinion. And I literally had no idea that Russell Westbrook is a Laker until as I was driving in this morning, I was like, "What? They they did what now? He's not he's not a wizard anymore." Nope. Then I had to look it up, and uh, there you go. He's now a Laker. Now, Part of that show. Who who are the Wizards close to signing again? Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, really? What an unfortunate name. Yes, uh, Spencer, a a former Colorado Buffalo. Uh, started his career, oh, shoot, I just saw it this morning. I was reading the story. Doesn't matter. He went to the Nets after a while. He had a couple of years with uh, Brooklyn. Okay. As I said, in 1920, he averaged 20 points a game. Before that, uh, 16 points a game. And But then last year, he played just three games with Brooklyn before tearing his ACL. So the Wizards hoping, hoping he can get back to you know, 100% and try. Now, obviously, he's not going to put up Westbrook numbers. But it might be a little a good stopgap for them as they try to replace Russell, which, again, I did not know about until this morning. I once had a chemistry teacher who called me that. What's that, Dinwiddie? No, Spencer. Oh, okay. <laughs> what a bum. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, we are back in full swing already. Uh, all right, so going back um, to the Orioles. We'll start with the O's first. You know, they got, they got the win last night. Uh, over the Yankees, and as I was discussing yesterday, as I was kind of going through yesterday, the things that I'd missed uh, the week that I was off, and of course the trade deadline went down as you know the week I was not here. Right. And the O's were, were kind of quiet. Were you surprised? They only made like two moves. Freddie Galvis went to the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sent a pitcher. I think it was Armstrong. Is that his name? I can't remember his yeah, name. Yeah, Sean Armstrong. Yeah, to uh, Tampa for cash considerations. Uh, kind of surprised uh, that the O's I, didn't do much. I thought they would move a reliever. Uh, I thought that Paul Fry was a certainly a, a, yeah. We a, talked about him, right? A candidate to be moved, and because he's really having a terrific year, and he's under uh, club control for a while. Uh, and I thought uh, Tanner Scott might be moved because he's got a like a live arm. I mean, it's a rocket arm, but his head is messed up. He can't face a right-handed hitter without hitting him on the right ankle, hmm. the, the right inside ankle. So right. I, I thought maybe that would be about it. I, I, and, again, I mean, I'm going to have a column posted sometime today about the Orioles because we didn't really – I didn't write about them last week. I wrote about the Nationals. Um, the most logical player to trade would have been Mancini right. because he's 29, he's got a, a, a year and a half – of club control, so that's a nice pickup for a team, particularly a player that good. But uh, the Orioles are uh, did not 
they made the wise public relations move of, of not trading him because that would have just looked really right. bad to everybody, right. given that he <laughs> right. just had uh, recovered from colon cancer and. And, but, but plus, he, he, he's 29. He's a good player. And Mike Elias made the point very clear that he, they expect him to be there for many years to come and be there when the, they're a viable team uh, c- contending, which they hope there's going to be within a couple years. So if they weren't going to move him or Paul Fry, I, I, that didn't really surprise me. Uh, Mullins is not a free agent until 2025. Center fielders having a terrific year. And there's, there's a, you know, he he was a switch hitter. They said, just, just hit left-handed. You know, you have too much going on up there. Mm -hmm. My God, he, he, he leads American league in hits. Right. And, um, who, who, Oh, uh, John means, uh, he, he would have been another guy that could have possibly been traded, but you know, they didn't make any moves in, uh, you know, I tell you, uh, when they get, any, like any team, you get some starting pitching. Uh, they can keep you in the game, and your bullpen doesn't implode, Tanner Scott. <laughs> uh, uh, Orioles are competitive. Uh, I mean, they're fun to watch. Sure. And since the, the All-Star break, they're 10-6. and six. Right. And uh, they beat the Yankees last night. It was a strange game. You know, Jorge Lopez uh, was wild. He walked batters. He hit a batter. He gave up a run, but he had a no-hitter going You're into right. the sixth. Now, his bugaboo has always been the fifth inning. He pitches really well through four innings. In the fifth, he just he can't hold it together. But he got through the fifth. They let him try to work through the sixth. Then he went five and two-thirds, I think. So that was a big effort, a big outing for him. Uh, offensively, the Orioles, they did not have one hit in, with a runner in scoring position. And the <laughs> they only, scored seven. And they scored seven <laughs> against the Yankees. And the only player who didn't have a hit or reach base was their best player, Trey Mancini. Mancini right? So that's baseball, okay? And, uh, yeah, they hit uh, they, they hit some home runs, and they took advantage of walks. And, uh, uh, you know, it was a – you're an Orioles fan. It was a fun win. And, uh, you know, these are kind of – Fun times again. No pressure. I mean, they're not contending, right? So right. you know, you can actually just enjoy the game, right? You know, and enjoy baseball for what it is. And right now, the Orioles are playing pretty well. And apparently, there was a cat involved in last night's game. Well, there was, <laughs> and I'm wondering why there are idiots in the Orioles bullpen because all they had to do was open open the bullpen, a bullpen door. door, right? And I mean. The cat was scared to death. Beautiful cat. Yeah, like, I saw the picture of it. It looked yeah, like a yeah. leopard. And, <laughs> and it was Got into the outfield, right? And I'm like, man, you don't even try and chase a cat. No. Because it's no, impossible. It's impossible. I, I, right. In my time, I've lived with six cats. And, you know, the, you can never catch them or, or see them or touch them unless they want to That's be right. That's seen, right. caught, or touched <laughs> or fed. That's true. <laughs> Which is all the time, by the way. Yeah, uh, fed. They want fed all the time. But I mean, the cat was like beg- begging, open the damn bullpen right. door, <laughs> and the cat was. I can read cat mind, and uh, they didn't. They didn't. And I, I sense Brandon Hyde was a little perturbed because he had a pitcher on the mound right. that was going pretty right. well, right. and he didn't need this delay. And he said, "You know, it must have been. A, I wonder if it was a poisonous cat. You know, because everybody was avoiding it." And so then finally, uh, the cat ran, avoided uh, the, uh, the 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 pass rush from security, and ran down the third baseline, the left field line, 
and a, a New York City police opened the gate and the How cat went that? right in. How yeah, about yeah. that? All the cat was doing was but, looking for a way and out. And the cat's like, well, thank you. <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> now, do you think, because uh, you mentioned uh, Elias's name, do you think the lack of movement at the deadline, does that make you think that he thinks he's got some pretty good pieces in place now as they you know, continue his rebuild and that he's not willing to mess that up, that he, he feels comfortable with the way, the direction they're going right now? Well, I think he, yes, to answer your question, I, I think he would have made a deal if it was right. Right, you, you oh, know, sure, th- anybody. Th- there's yeah, right. no question about it. You know, make me an offer I can't refuse. But, yeah, you have Mancini. Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, who he's a mm-hmm, hitter, man. Mm-hmm. And he, I tell you, he's not doing a bad job first yeah. base because he was such a defensive liability everywhere they put him in the minor leagues, the ball found him. And uh, Austin Hayes, if he stays healthy, he's a good young player. Right. And uh, I, I think with those guys as the nucleus, and the Orioles currently have the seventh-rated uh, minor league organization in uh, baseball, according to Baseball America, which that's the good news. Right. The bad news is Toronto and uh, Tampa Bay organizations are rated <laughs> <They're> higher. <laughs> yeah, and they're in the same division. And then, of course, you have the Yankees and uh, the Red Sox who will just throw spend money, money yeah, at a problem anything, and right. make it stop bleeding. So, right. But, yeah, I think he thinks that, uh, you know, there are a couple years for maybe – Contending for a wild card or whatever it might be, they've got a really good. Well, let's put it this way: a very promising young nucleus under club control. And again, I think you know he's made the right offer on anything. You know, any everyone's expendable eventually. And uh, but I, I think he he feels pretty good about it. This is the first time since he's been here that uh, yeah, he he's got a little. Uh, uh, swagger, not swagger, but some you you feel, you hear and sense some enthusiasm, right. and he can like there is going to be a light, and we'll be able to see right. it soon. And I th- I, I think that's where he is. Isn't that what I mean? Really, and we talk about you know uh, me being the long suffering Pirates fan, uh-huh. and you the long suffering Orioles fan. Isn't that really when you're going through a rebuild or any kind of stretch like this? Is what you're looking for is some. Just some kind of hope, some kind of light, something from the organization that makes you feel like, hey, all right, we're moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. This team was going, you know, maybe a couple years off still, but we're used to that. We're used to our teams being just a couple years off. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for the Pirates, a couple years has been infinite, four decades, but whatever. But I think it's all we're looking for as fans is just some sign of life. From the organization, and because you can talk about rebuilds all you want, and talk about you know building up the farm systems all you want, but eventually it's got to pay out. And I think maybe the Orioles, especially more than the Pirates right now, I think you're starting to see a little bit of payout, mm-hmm. a little bit. Like you said, they're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They're competitive. They're, they're they're you know they're still what twenty plus There's games out, twenty nine uh, below five hundred. Right, yeah. right, but. As you said, since you also break ten and six, mm-hmm. winning baseball, and a lot of the pieces, I'll, the Pirates didn't make a whole lot of deals at the deadline, but they shipped Adam Frazier, which we expected, mm-hmm. Richard Rodriguez, which we expect. I mean, you expect the Pirates because they're just beginning. 
they're really in year two uh, since Ben Charrington took over as GM. They're really in year two, I guess, year and a half of their rebuild. So there's going to be a lot more tearing down than it is building up at this point. I think the Orioles might be might be ready to make that turn. Or they're right there at the turn. Yeah. And I think as as a long suffering fan, that's 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 all you're you're looking for right now. Obviously you want to see winning eventually, but right mm-hmm. now I think hope is is a good thing. I think they're approaching the turn. Let's okay. put it that way. Yeah. And uh you know, you know, two thousand eighteen was was a disaster. I mean that was the only year I can remember unwatchable baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they thought they still had enough to contend. Uh, it was the year after Buck Showalter put Ubaldo right. Jimenez <laughs> right. in, in when you had the best closer in right. baseball in the bullpen. He lost the team. As, as I mean, every stop he's made, he, he, he's built the team to a playoff contender and a playoff team, which he did with the Orioles. I didn't. Uh, no one thought it was possible. And then he does something so remarkably stupid that it, and and he had just lost the team in 2018. They were absolutely horrible. Dan Duquette gutted what farm system Andy McPhail had built, and uh, Duquette should be lashed with a wet lasagna noodle <laughs> publicly in the public square, the town square. And I don't like him. And I couldn't tell. Dan Aykroyd will play him in the movie, by the way. Ah, but uh, when I, Elias got there and said, "Hey, look." This is what we're doing, and we start now. And I think, for the most part, now you don't see it in the turnstiles. Uh, right. Uh, well, that, that's a twofold problem, which we won't get into the national problem, but the nationals thing. But uh, you know, until they start winning, they start winning. You, you'll see people in the stands, and, and they're winning a little bit more, and a little bit more. And they had some pretty good crowds uh, the last home stand, given the circumstance, and. Uh, I think for the most part, the people, the fans of the Orioles fans are very smart fans, very very baseball smart, and uh, they understand because the guy just put it out there his first day. It's going to be painful, right? And it has been, right? And I, I'm not saying we're not popping corks yet. We're, we're a long way from that, but you, I'm with you. They're approaching the turn, and you can see like it's it's exciting to watch young players find themselves. And you find something new about them each night, right. e- each day. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's been fun. The venerable one, uh, always the optimist, trying to find the silver linings. <laughs> yeah. Trying to find the light there. And yeah. But you're right. It is fun watching the young guys because you never know what you got until you see them play. And sometimes you find a dominant in the rough. Sometimes you find somebody you didn't expect. Yeah. You know, you like you, – you try I'm not a, I'm not a big uh, – like I don't follow the minor leagues like some folks. Like I don't follow guys I don't either. I just read what Baseball America. Exactly. Says. Yeah, they, they, they get paid to do that kind of stuff. But you know, sometimes you, you, you catch somebody's name and you, you follow them through single A, double A, triple A. You know, sometimes they pan out, sometimes they don't. But that's 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 part of the fun of the game. Uh, and when they do pan out, then all of a sudden you got a pretty good team on your hands. But like you said, look, winning brings out everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody loves a winner. And we saw it with the Pirates back in 13, 14, and yeah, 15. Yeah. When they made three straight playoff appearances, three wild card appearances. That place was nuts. Oh, uh, it was great. The place was absolutely nuts. And I, I regret to this day, not that I could do anything about it, but my entire family went to a playoff game. Mm-hmm. I think it was, it was the one, it was when they beat the Reds, uh, Cueto and the Reds. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the but the, I, didn't, the, I, would, I, didn't, I didn't go. <laughs> 
I was working. I was working. I couldn't do anything about it. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, uh, yeah, Quato, uh, you'd say it was nuts. I mean, the, the, the Pirates crowd. Talk about affecting. F- physically affected him right. in that game. That is, see, I, I just got goosebumps just, just, yeah. just thinking about that moment. And if you don't know what we're talking about, first of all, where you been? Second of all, you got a YouTube. Well, you weren't there. What? I at least know about it. <laughs> well, what, was, it know a fr- about was it a Friday game? I can't remember. You might have been calling a football game. I was. Game. I okay. was. As okay. a matter of fact, I was See, at Hampshire. I, I'm here for you. I was at Hampshire. You're welcome. I was calling a game at Hampshire. It, it was a Friday night game. You're exactly right. And they, on a whim, my family decided to get tickets. And that really and go, pleased you, oh, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting text messages in, yo, yo we're going to the game. Never, <laughs> Dad never had a better time <laughs> in our lives. <laughs> but they were, there, they were there at the Quado game. And, again, if you don't know what that is, YouTube it. Because it is, it is really not that there's been, you know, a high mark in the last how long for the Pirates. That is really one of the more memorable moments for the Bucks in the last two, three decades. Just... Cueto getting now after the game, he said there was no effect, but yeah, the right. fans affected him. He was shook. He dropped the ball on the mound, and the very next pitch, Russell Martin takes him deep, and that place went ballistic. You, you, uh, you know, the Orioles and the Pirates, long suffering, kind of came to it back to the postseason at the same time. Mm, yeah, so you know, so many similarities in the, these clubs' franchises, the histories. Uh, and you know you you should YouTube that the Cueto game and also in Baltimore their answer to that crowd wise uh, YouTube or search on Twitter the legend of Delman Young Delman Young yes. I mean that that's probably the loudest Camden Yards ever was uh, when Delman Young doubled bases loaded to beat the Tigers in there the you go season. that is your assignment for today yeah. that is your morning two, rush two homework two assignments. YouTube, Google it, whatever. Pirates, Johnny Cueto, Orioles, Delman Young. The legend of Delman The Young. legend of Delman And you will thank us uh, later. I'm, I might do it during the break. <laughs> because the Cueto thing is still just, uh, I, I never get tired of seeing and it. Never. And I wasn't there. The rest fam- of my, fam- rest of my family, family was. was. <laughs> so they got that going for them, which is nice. All right, time for a break. Uh, news and weather. And we come back, we're going to talk about the Nationals going in a completely different direction uh, that we thought last week. Stick around. More of the Morning Rush, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. Morning Rush rolls on <laughs> on this Tuesday morning. Tony C. in the big chair. The venerable one, Mike Burke, back yes. in the saddle. As, uh, <laughs> we were talking off the air. Mm. Mike almost jumped across the table to throttle me what? as I almost uh, besmirched the name of Joe Flacco. That's right. Which I have now come to understand that you simply do not do in the presence of the venerable one. At least not in the playoffs anyway. When what? we talk about the playoffs. Well, I think he just got a tremendously bad rap from Baltimore fans and became a cliche for all the wrong reasons. First of all, at the most uh, basic essence, he had a, a different offensive coordinator every year of his career in Baltimore. Which I did not realize that. Okay. Uh, the, the, 
his final two years, they ran a, a, like a, a, a Cumberland Area Youth Football League version of the West Coast <laughs> offense. You got a guy with a rocket like Joe Flacco. Uh, you, you throw down fields. Right. Uh, but then there's that, oh, yeah, by the way, he never had any receivers other than tight ends his entire time of Baltimore. Okay. And uh, they one year they got him some receivers. Anquan Bolden. What what happened there? Oh, that I, year? I, I think they won the. Super I think they Bowl. won the Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. And he had a tremendous playoff run. In the playoffs, he was ten and six as a starter. He won a Super Bowl. He would have been to another Super Bowl if Lee Evans had caught the ball, mm-hmm. and if Harbaugh hadn't rushed his own kicker by not calling one of his three timeouts right. as time expired in the game. <laughs> So yeah, Billy Cundiff took a bad rap for that one too. Not his fault. Not well. I didn't blame him. No, nope. you call a timeout. Right. Let, let him line up his kick. Right. It was like a twenty-six yard kick. So anyway, I, I, I just think Flacco has an unfair uh, uh, reputation. Everybody loved him in Baltimore. He was Joe Cool until he got paid. He got paid, and it's like, well, th- that's what you do. Guy you, wins, and his, uh, I mean, the Super Bowl year, he was remarkable in the playoffs. Ask, ask him in Denver how they feel about that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Really, if you go back and look at the numbers, which I don't have off the top of my head, really one of the greater playoff runs we've seen by a quarterback ever uh, that, that particular yes, year. And he got paid for it, and then he became public enemy number That's right. one. That's right. And uh, we, we got on the subject because uh, last segment we were talking about how I missed the uh, the, jo- true, the Johnny Cueto uh, Pirates playoff game, the wild card game, where he dropped the ball on the mound, and then the very next pitch, Russell Martin took him deep, and that was the loudest that I have ever heard. PNC Park. Now the mama, my whole family was there. Yeah, I was not, because yeah. I was working that night. Supporting However, your family. That's yes. right. However, I was at the AFC Championship game. Uh, when Troy Polamalu picked off Flacco, returned it for a touchdown to send the Steelers to the Super Bowl, and I and I said, you know, kind of felt at that time that the Ravens were going to win that game because I I looked at the clock, I looked at my brother, I'm like they're going to drive the field here, burn the clock, and kick a game-winning field goal. Then I said, then Flacco Flaccoed, at which point uh, Burke jumped across the table. <laughs> and beat me about the head and shoulders. Yes. And that's how we got into the conversation Well, about Flacco. I, I mean, I, I know I wasn't happy when that happened, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, maybe it wasn't a good pass. It probably wasn't. I don't know. However. It was a pretty good play by Paul Amal. I was going to say, <laughs> that, that, that was a pretty good team the Steelers had. Yeah. And uh, even now, I, I just I, I think the NFL can be laughable most games I watch. But you know what? You can always count on the Ravens and the Steelers to play football when they play oh, each 100%, other. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, those, Still those, one of the better rivalries. I think it's the best rivalry in yeah. the NFL. There's, Even though both teams are kind of going different directions the past couple of years, but that's neither here nor there. But, I mean, when the, just the dander the dander happens when those teams are facing each other. Right. And I, I really you, – you should never miss one of those games if you like football. Right. And uh, who who was the guy uh, played for the Steelers with the beard? Famous, what was his name? Kiesel, Brett Kiesel. Yeah, when the, the, he he announced his retirement that the year the Ravens won the Super Bowl, um, I think during Super Bowl week or whatever. But anyway, he was making the media around Super Bowl week, and I was watching uh, 
on t- television before I went to work one afternoon, and they were interviewing him and talking about this, that, and the other. And uh, he asked him asked him about the game. He broke it down, and he he said something about you know da 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 about the Ravens, and they they said well, uh, and they played the Forty ers So they said well, who, who do you think will win? He said oh I think the Ravens will win. He said you know. They're going to play AFC North football, and they're going to win. And then they said, ha, 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 who, who do you want to win? He goes, I, I want the Ravens to win. He said, you know, when we play them, we hate each other. He said, but, you know, you, there's just a camaraderie there between the two teams. Right. You know, we're proud of the football we play and play against each other. So he said, yeah, I'm rooting for the Ravens. That really impressed me. Yeah, definitely. Well, there's definitely a, a tremendous amount of respect uh, between the two because of the way they play uh-huh. and how they play each other. There is definitely some, you know, ill feelings and a little bit of hatred. You know, that's a pretty strong word. Uh, but, yeah, but I think at the end of the day, when the game's over, you respect when the other team brings out. And I think that's what happens when those two teams play. They bring out the best in each other. And I think you have, you, you have to respect that. I, I think so. And, you know, Baltimore and Pittsburgh are so similar. Right. Similar cities and and similar baseball teams, histories, as we said earlier, and very similar in the way they approach and feel about football, you know. It's funny you mention that. Um, it, it just, you know, a little light bulb went off. And maybe this is another exercise for another day. When you look at the AFC North and the four cities, Cleveland, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, eh, maybe not to that extent. Mm-hmm. But how, especially when you're talking Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore, how similar those three cities uh, yeah. are. Very solid demographics there on the NFL's part. Good, right. good, good, good thinking there. Yeah. yeah, and I just wonder if we broke down every division, if you could find a division with just that, that close connection city-wise. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you look at the you know the NFC East, you know, uh, or I'm sorry, the AFC East. A little bit different between Miami and, and New England, <laughs> and Miami and Buffalo. You know what I mean? So, I, but it's, it just seems like there's that that city connection where all the cities seem the same, the people are the same, and I, I just want maybe we'll do that. Uh, I don't know, maybe later this week. Well, that'd be great. And you know what? Look at the look at the NFC East. You bring up the NFC East, Dallas. <laughs> Right. You know, that, right. that that goes back to Tech Schramm. Right. He right. was a CBS executive, and he held his breath till he turned blue in the face until they got uh, uh, East Coast television money. Right. Uh, with the Cowboys. That's right. why the Cowboys are in the NFC right. East. And you look at the rest and, of the, the teams, though. And there's no – yeah, all right, the Giants. New, New York. Washington. Washington. Philly. Philadelphia. That, that works. That works. Dallas? <laughs> no. Uh, it's like growing up a, a kid. Didn't matter football, baseball. Why is Atlanta in the West? <laughs> That's right, they were. The brand, <laughs> for those for those of youngsters out there who were up at six forty five in the morning, yeah, the, yeah come yeah, back to yeah, bed. The Atlanta Braves no were school. actually in the NL West at some point, which made no sense whatsoever. But so were the Falcons. They were. That's and, right. And the Colts. When I was a kid, we were in the coast, the coastal <laughs> division with the Los Angeles Rams. Well, there's two coasts. Oh, oh it was yes. the Colts, the Falcons, uh, the Rams, and the 49ers were in the That's same right. division. That's right. What? <laughs> Thankfully, they got that uh, straightened up. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. All right. Uh, we got to go to one more break. 
And then we will be back to wrap up our number one. I'm going to quickly take a look at the divisions in the NFL to see. And lay off Flacco. Uh, yes. It is. It has been written, so let it be done. Mm. Lay off Flacco. More the rush. Stick around. WCMD. This is the morning rush. I don't even know how we got on the subject, to tell you the truth, but. That's a good question. Yeah, I just sometimes. Oh, we were talking about. Oh, Flacco and Baltimore. Steelers and Ravens. That's right. That's right. And kind of made the observation when you look at the AFC North and the four cities, uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Hard to find another division where the cities, the people who live in those cities, the cities themselves are so similar because not much separates those four cities as far as all those things I just mentioned. So during the break, uh, we were kind of going through the NFL divisions to try to find one that's similar. The AFC East, not so much. Three of the four teams do kind of mesh. Buffalo, New England, New York. Miami kind of throws... Miami is as far as away from those three cities as you can imagine. AFC South, I don't even know what to, you know, you got Tennessee, Indianapolis, Houston, and Jacksonville in the South. I've never been to any of those cities. I really couldn't tell you. They don't seem very, of course, Tennessee's not even a city. It's a state, but you get my point. Well, Jacksonville shouldn't even have a team. Well, it's, that should be Baltimore. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. then the current Ravens would still be in Cleveland. Right, right. You are correct. Yes, yes, good point. Uh, AFC West, eh, Kansas City, old Oakland, now Vegas Raiders, L.A., Denver. I don't know. You can, I don't know how you can really compare those cities. We talked about the NFC East. Three of those four kind of make sense. Dallas is the outlier there. Now, the NFC North, to me, is the closest, and maybe it's by <coughs> sheer queen. You're excused. Yeah. That this is the AFC North and the, and the NFC North. You got Green Bay, Chicago, yeah, Minnesota, and Detroit. That to me is the closest to the AFC North as far as four cities, four areas be, being comparable. Although I, I know Chicago is a much bigger city than the other three, but I, I just think when you talk about uh, the people who live there, the weather, the climate, all cold weather, all to me just scream just like blue collar. Cities, atmosphere, call it what you want. Yes. So the NFC North, very close to AFC North. NFC South, eh, maybe a little. New Orleans, Tampa, Carolina, Atlanta. The NFC West would be real close, if not for Seattle. So I think LA, Arizona, San Fran, those are all, to me, comparable to each other. Seattle is kind of the outlier up there in the Pacific Northwest, you know, cold, rainy, whatever. But for the yeah. most part, and uh, you said this off the air, the NFL kind of, they finally got it right when it comes to geographics, well, except, of course, for Dallas except being in the for, East. Yeah, Dallas yeah. should be in the NFC South, and I think Atlanta should be in the NFC East because Atlanta is more East than Dallas A little is, bit. <laughs> and Dallas is more South than Atlanta is. It's true. There you go. That would make sense. But, but really, as far as that goes, aside from that, Everything else kind of makes sense. Everything else kind of yeah. fits. Oh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, but they would never do They would never no, no, move Dallas, Dallas from the East. That, that's, even. no. And, and, you know, and I get that. Yeah, rivalries have already but been built. Just hypocrisy. Right, right, from right. From the very beginning. <laughs> right. 
But uh, so yeah, I, I mean that's a nice little on the fly exercise there. To uh, and again, we talked about last segment about you know Atlanta being in the West in both baseball and football yeah. at one point, which made no sense. I bet you if we go back and look, there were more just ridiculous uh, locations for cities and divisions. Only I don't know if it's a matter of necessity or or what. It wasn't Houston. I don't know. Houston was in – they're in the West now. They were in the Central. It kind of makes sense still, Houston being in the Central. I guess you can't really – Milwaukee was – In the American League East. They were in the American – okay, so that makes sense as well. Although I don't think Milwaukee as uh, an Eastern Eastern city. No, it's, I, it's a Midwest. I guess that's just what – you know, they were the – Again, out of necessity. Maybe they just yeah. had, they had to plug them somewhere. Uh, and again, again, how many people actually remember that they were in the American League? It's been a while now well, since they Yeah, they, originally they were the Seattle Pilots. And, That's right. And I guess they, they, when they moved to Milwaukee, I guess they they probably may have still been in the AL West. I don't remember. They were the Seattle Pilots for one year. Right. They became the Brewers in 70. And, um, uh, yeah, I t- in the uh, early 80s, uh, Harvey's Wallbangers, George Bamberger, mm-hmm. who was the manager of former Orioles pitching coach, uh, they they were really the Orioles' chief rival. Yeah, and uh, of course the great series to finish the 1982 season, uh, Earl Weaver's farewell, and uh, Jim Palmer lost to Don Sutton on the the Orioles won the first three games of a four game series to tie the Brewers for first place, and the Brewers won on the final game of the season 1982. Now that was an emotional day at Memorial Stadium. Sure. Yeah, so nice recall. Nice, nice, there, baby. nice recall. I like a baby. <laughs> baby. That's why we have the venerable one around. Yes. For a recall just like that. All right. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two around the corner doing push-ups. We will maybe finally get to the Nationals uh, next hour. <laughs> I promise we will. I promise we will. Stick around. 102.1 FM, AM 1230, WCMD. This is the Morning Rush. From the palatial WCMD studio high atop Industrial Boulevard, at least 10 feet up. What do you think, Mike? At least 10 feet up? Oh, I think we're up higher than that. We're up higher than that? It's more than the full story? 20 feet. 20 feet up on the south side. I'll measure it after the show. (laughs) (laughs) On the south side of the Queen City, baby. Well, you know what? I was thinking the window. Yeah, you might be right. Might be. I don't know. I'm going to have to measure it. A story is what? 10 feet? That's, that's usually a, a, a story, I think it is. 10 feet, 10 foot. Okay. All right. I'll go with that. I think. We're at least. So, okay. so I think my statement still holds true. We're at I least think you're right. 10 feet up. Could be more. Maybe 12. Maybe 12. We'll measure after the show's over. I have my measuring tape in my uh, vehicle. Uh, several ways to get involved on the show, as always. Probably do. <laughs> I do, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Uh, Twitter page is at WCMD Morning Rush. Uh, my page at Rush Tony C. That's the letter C, not the word. Mike's uh, Twitter page at Mike Burke MDT. And that is the word. That is the word. Thunderbird. I thought the bird. I thought the bird was the word. Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Was that a song? Bird is the word. That's, that's a it reference. Was a that cheap wine. That's was what's really? the word? Thunderbird. Oh, what's the price? Twice as nice. <laughs> I'm sure it was no Mad Dog 2020, though. Uh, Not that it down with wine or anything. Uh, Couldn't have been uh, much worse. 
Well, twenty twenty. There couldn't I, been. I had a bad experience with Mad Dog. Everybody so. did. Yeah. I don't think there's a person walking the planet um, who God. who indulged with the twenty twenty, who got tangled up with the twenty twenty, who didn't have a bad experience. It wasn't good. Because the last thing that you were seeing after that was 2020. 2020. Well, <laughs> you had my, no vision. My, mine occurred at a, a YMCA dance, and uh, this police who had been chasing us for quite some time for just silly stuff. It was the 70s. Mm, yeah. Everything was Everything silly. Everything was silly. But he said, you know, I, I've been chasing you for a long time. And he said, and you're going to spend the weekend in jail. Wow. And I was a senior in high school. And like a moron, I said, that's fine. I'd rather do that. Whatever you do, do not call my mother. Oh, yes, indeed. And, of course, he did. That gave him an idea. And I wish I had spent the weekend in jail. Wow. Because old Colleen did not get the joke at all. Mm. So the bad experience wasn't from the actual alcohol itself it yes, was from it was. the af- at the aftermath well it led it, it led to it, it led to every <laughs> it led to my game everything i deserved <laughs> i don't even know if they still make that i hope they don't i think it's illegal it now, should be, should be watch then. it some some mad dog 2020 execs probably listening it's on the horn to his lawyer now uh, they look. If you're a Mad Dog 2020 exec, you know you cannot deny or dispute anything we've said in the last three minutes. <laughs> if you do, you don't know your product very well. Anyway, where I leave off, I don't even know. <laughs> Doesn't matter at this point. Uh, oh, rush line is open. 301-759-2628. 301-759-2628. And of course, uh, the podcast page on the free Podbean app, which is not sponsored by Mad Dog 2020. We upload every show every day, uh, take all the commercials out, and go back and listen to whatever you missed. I think Todd Apple said it best. What's that? Sad, really. That's it? Sad, really. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So if you missed the first hour, uh, what were we talking about last hour? I can't remember. Oh, we talked a lot of baseball last hour. uh, Orioles and Pirates and. Uh, we talked about the divisions in the National Football League and how they now finally make sense after some moving and shuffling. And you besmirched Joe Flacco. I I briefly besmirched the name of Joe Flacco, and uh, Burke quickly uh, set me straight. And after hearing your argument, I I, I I buy it now. I buy it. It makes sense. It makes sense. Um, the one thing you know, were talking about teams moving around, like again at one point, Atlanta. Had a baseball and football teams in in the West divisions, and you know it took a while to finally move those teams around and rectify the situation. One thing I never understood is when a, a city or a team locates to a new city, but they don't change the name. Mm-hmm. Because when I think Jazz, the last place I think of is Utah, but they moved from New Orleans, yeah. which of course made perfect sense. That was a great name, New Orleans Jazz. Yeah. Perfect sense. They moved to Utah. They should have changed the nickname. For whatever reason, they did not. The Raiders don't belong in Vegas. The Raiders were Oakland. It was the Oakland Raiders. That makes sense. They moved to Vegas. They should have changed the name. Baltimore Colts. That's right. Should have changed the name. I don't know what Indy would have actually been. It could have been the Racers. Nice. 
Nice. Never thought of it. Indianapolis Racers. Yeah. See that? Racers, Pacers. Wow. See? Put you in charge of the NA. Look at that. Bird coming strong on a Tuesday. How about, how about Los Angeles Lakers? <laughs> right, because they moved from Minneapolis. Minneapolis. It made sense in Minneapolis. Doesn't make sense in Los Angeles. So you move cities, if you switch cities, you should change the names of the teams. Um, I I think in most cases you are 100% correct. Right. Like the Seattle Pilots moved to Milwaukee. It would have made no sense to keep them the Milwaukee Pilots. No. And so, Milwaukee, they, and so they didn't. Right. Milwaukee Brewers makes perfect sense. It does. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Then, of course, you have the generic teams like the Rams, who it doesn't matter really where they're at. I mean, any, any animal nickname kind of goes anywhere. They were the Cleveland Rams originally. Right. Then they were L.A., then they were St. Louis, and then they're now they're back in L.A. But that name travels anywhere. You know, you speak of Milwaukee, and uh, when I went to Milwaukee for, on our baseball trip, one of the biggest, well, the only disappointment, I love Milwaukee, boy, the bratwurst. You, you, you haven't had bratwurst until you've had it there. But Duly noted. Uh the big the big disappointment was uh, Bernie Brewer. Okay, uh, it used to be when the uh, Brewer hit a home run, Bernie Brewer would slide out right. of his keg right. and into a a mug of beer, right. a big frosty mug of beer, and then when he'd hit, balloons would go up like it was the foam and everything. Right, right. All right. Well, now they just—he—he he is just on a curling. Right. He comes out. Board. He comes out of his chalet. Yeah, as they and, call it, and Bernie I, Chalet. And I—I I said, "What's the deal? What happened to the big, you know, uh, frosty mug?" Right. And I were sitting next to a couple Milwaukeeans, and they said, "Oh, don't even get us started on that." They took it out. Why'd they take it out? Well, it's politically incorrect because it. It 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 it, it accentuated uh, alcohol abuse. They said, "I said, we're in Miller Park. We are in Milwaukee, watching the Brewers, the Brewers. play the You're- beer that made Milwaukee famous." And they're hiding a, a fake frosty mug for Bernie Brewer to fall in. <laughs> Your team is literally and the they Brewers. Said, they said. Uh, we ask you not to get us started. <laughs> and we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're in great. a facility funded by the Miller Brewing Company, right. <laughs> or at least had the name naming rights. <laughs> it just goes to show you how much, how far off the rails we've gone with some of this stuff. You know, now it's no longer Miller Park. It's like All American Family Park, some kind of insurance company now. And, oh, is it? Yeah, uh, but the frosty mug, by the way. And I know this because Pirates just played the Brewers over yeah. the weekend. I thought of this when I watched that. Yeah. Actually, played them last night. That's, that's how I they played them last night. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, that whole frosty mug thing is now sitting in a brewery. Mm-hmm. It's part of, an, uh, I don't know, quote-unquote attraction yeah. at a in the Milwaukee brewery. That's where, that's where it went. I guess it's okay to think about beer at a brewery. At a, yes, but not at uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a That's a great story. <laughs> Yeah, that was a disappointment. That's like, uh, I don't know. What are you compare that to? Taking a, a cigarette ad, a cigarette ad out of uh, you know Tobacco Road or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
you, you, uh, my friend Perky Yates, everybody who anybody knows Perky Yates, uh, he's your friend, and uh, he, he is the last great Schlitz drinker. Okay, and I used to drink Schlitz when I was young because I didn't know any better. But at the same time, <laughs> it was pretty good until they improved it. You know, they got a new brewmaster, <laughs> right. and I didn't like it. But anyway, Perky <laughs> went to a, a Vietnam veterans conference in Milwaukee. Okay. And it was just like, wow, a childhood dream come true. Uh, you know, he get to, you know, go to the Schlitz Brewery and the whole deal. So he gets there and asks, you know, he signs in and asks this girl, you know, uh, where's the Schlitz Brewery located? And she's like, Schlitz, what is that? And he goes, really? She goes, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, Schlitz, Schlitz beer. She goes, I've never heard of it. He said, the beer that made Milwaukee famous. And so then there, there was another older gentleman who was working at the hotel said, well, it's not even made here anymore. It's made in Detroit. Wow. And so Perky, of course, was devastated. devastated. Yeah. But uh, more so that the girl had never even heard of Schlitz. It's amazing. My dad, uh, God rest his soul, uh, he was a beer drinker, and but he wasn't very picky. Mm-hmm. He basically would just stop and buy a case of whatever was on sale. Oh, okay. All right. So he would bring home some funky stuff. Yeah. And I'm talking like he would. Blatz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jacob's Best was a, one of his, uh, which I don't even know it still exists. Only man that I know who, would, who ever drank Schlitz Light. The really? Only, yeah, the only man I've ever met who would purposely buy a case and drink Schlitz Light. Hmm. Which wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't, you know. Got you. And then he got me turned on to, at that time, way back in the day, a little-known uh, beer called Keystone. Oh, Keystone, yeah. And Keystone Light, which, well, at first, it wasn't as big as it is now. Mm-hmm. Of course, I think Keystone's made by Coors, I'm not mistaken. And uh, I remember he, he bringing that home. So he, has, he had this on sale, never heard of it. And turned out to be well, pretty hey, good. More power to him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he just you know, he would always stop by. I think there was a beer world in Bel Vernon, PA. Okay, he would drive beer through. World sounds like heaven. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if it's still there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, go ahead. I think uh, Jacob's best. I think the Mad Dog Twenty Twenty people bought them out. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, it was no Stonies, but that's, that's another story for another day. Anyway, we got we got sidetracked here at seven thirteen in the morning talking about beer, but it's okay. It's okay. It's a sports show. I get to go home soon. I mm, so what, do I. Whatever will I do? Hmm. Maybe see if they have Jacob's Best on tap <laughs> at your local watering hole. Or Schlitz Stoney's was nasty though. I mean, no offense to the Stoney's people, but uh, for those who don't know, Stoney's is pretty much an all natural beer. Is it? Yeah. No. You preservatives. Know, no preservatives. No sugars. No nothing. Huh. So, and it tasted like it. <laughs> it okay. Was, it was just like strictly, it was straight barley hops water. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Run it through a filter. <laughs> Run it through a filter, bottle it, and there you go. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, Stoney's was, it was bad. You okay. had to be, uh, like a real, you know, uh, connoisseur of beer <laughs> to enjoy. Or, or something. Or something other to that effect. All right. Uh, let's get to the sports here. Let's, um. What are we doing? I can sit here and talk about beer for the next 45 minutes, actually. But I don't think that's what they want us to do downstairs. So 
Let's uh, let's rock around the region. I want to rock right now. Uh, we'll start with Major League Baseball, where Mike, your Orioles were uh, doing some yard work last night in the Bronx. The one one, and that's in the air to deep left field. Back is Gallo running out of room, and he will leap, and it's gone. And the Orioles go back to back. Two nothing, Baltimore. The call on 105.7 The Fan, four solo home runs for the O's as they beat the Yankees 7-1. Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, Ryan Moncastle, and Ramon Urias all went yard off of Andrew Heaney, who was making his Yankee debut after being acquired from the Angels at the deadline. Uh, Jorge Lopez took a no-hitter into the sixth inning. He allowed one run on one hit in six uh, to earn the win. Elsewhere, the Nationals were on the verge of earning a win over the Phillies last night, but they still had to play the ninth inning. Three balls, two strikes. Here's the payoff pitch. Swing and a line drive into left field. There's a base hit down the line. Jankowski will score. Here comes Segura, and it's a two-run single for JT Real Muto, and the Phillies are back on top. It's 5-3. to three. The call on WIP, five runs in the ninth for the Phillies. As they beat the Nats 7-5 in D.C., uh, Josiah Gray made his Nationals debut after coming over from the Dodgers in the uh, Scherzer-Turner trade. He went five innings, allowed one run on four hits, two walks, two Ks. Uh, Andrew Stevenson and Carter Keboom homered for the Nats. And in Milwaukee, just talking about Milwaukee, Eduardo Escobar hit a three-run homer and had an RBI triple as the Brewers beat the Pirates uh, 6-2 Jacob Stallings and Gregory Polanco each had two hits for the Bucks. Bryce Wilson made his Pirates debut on the mound after being acquired from the Braves. Uh, he allowed uh, one run on two hits in five innings. And in the NBA, the Wizards are reportedly close to signing free agent point guard Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, Dinwiddie played in just three games with Brooklyn last season uh, until he tore his ACL in late December in his last full season with Brooklyn. Uh, he averaged uh, 20.6 points a game. Uh, so there you go. The Wizards trying to replace Russell Westbrook, who I mentioned last hour. I didn't know was traded until this morning. And that is your Rock Around the Region brought to you by the Cap Rally Group. Now, Mike, I'm going to play you this uh, Nats clip again. Okay. All right. That's the uh, Phillies call on WIP on JT Real Muto's uh, RBI single. Tell me what stands out the most to you in this clip. Here we go. Three balls, two strikes. Here's the payoff pitch. Swing and a line drive into left field. There's a base hit down the line. Jankowski will score. Here comes Segura, and it's a two-run single for JT Real Muto, and the Phillies are back on top. It's 5-3. to three. Anything stand out at all in that clip? Because one thing stood out to me, and it bothers me a little bit. It probably shouldn't, but it does. Uh, back on top? I no, no. I, I didn't watch the game, so that's okay. It's okay. Um, no, well, what, what? it's the guy clapping and cheering in the background. Oh. Uh, and I'll play it again, and and you'll pick up on it. Three right. balls, two okay. strikes. Here's the payoff pitch. Swing and a line drive into left field. There's a base hit down the line. Jankowski will score. Now I understand that teams use their hometown radio, TV, broadcast crews, and they all tend to, you know lean towards the hometown team. Sure. It bothers me when I hear guys openly cheering and clapping uh, on a a broadcast. I don't know why it does. It just does. 
and that could be high school, college, pro. I understand I'm tuning into a Pirates broadcast because that's my team. Right. So, of course, you want the broadcast crew to be favorable towards your team, which is hard when you're a Pirates fan. I, I just I don't like the open cheering. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Well, first of all, I respect that. I understand it. That this is your profession, uh, and you, you have great integrity. I might add. No, I think the clapping was a bit much, but it could have been somebody else in the booth. Right. I, I mean, right. and maybe they say, "Hey, you, you don't do that right. here." No cheering in the press box. But no, I, I understand completely. I'm I with I'm with you 100. Yeah. percent and, uh, you know, that's why it's so hard for me to watch a Nationals game on television because FP's just a bit much for, for my taste. A little over the top. Right. Yeah. But, right. Right. I, I certainly respect yeah. that. And, yeah. and I get it because you want to sure. paint the team in a favorable light. <clears throat> but you have some broadcast crews who don't do it at all. They kind of stay, you know, straight down the line, which is cool. If you ever heard a Patriots radio broadcast. I have not. Scott Zolak. Which you should uh, know the name. Yes. Uh, former Terp does the, the color commentary. He's one of the worst I've ever heard when it comes to being an absolute homer, just openly cheering out loud anytime something. Now, don't get me wrong. You broadcast Patriots games, you've seen a lot of success over the past 20 years. But he is just way over the top when it comes to just being an absolute homer for the Pats. I can't stand that. It could be a little bit. I understand that. Oh, sure. But, uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance, and I, we're giving out assignments today, by the way. Uh, your <laughs> your third assignment is to just YouTube, like, Scott Zolak, Patriots. Call. It's it's too that. much. It's too much. But anyway. Uh, that not being a homer was one of the many false uh, excuses and reasons Peter Angelos gave for firing John Miller. Who I think was really? is the best play-by-play baseball man, the side of Vin Scully that I've ever heard. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. And that was one so of the wasn't, fake reasons. He, he just didn't like him, right? And but that was one of the many reasons. Not the stupid. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So, well, yesterday was a, a dark day. It was the uh, anniversary of Peter Angelos buying the Orioles. Oh, August second, nineteen ninety-three. Conversely. Uh, Edward Bennett Williams bought the Orioles on August 2nd, 1979, hmm. the same day Thurman Munson was killed. Be done. Look at that. Another great recall by the venerable one. And take my word for it, folks. He's not looking it up. He's Break, not looking it up. It's all, it's all up in steel tracks. <laughs> nothing in, nothing out. All right. Uh, Nationals. Where's we, we, that Stonies? That's right. Oh, Stonies. Look, here's I don't need and shame on me for not knowing this. What is what is what's the beer that like when you go to Baltimore? Mm-hmm. What's the beer that is like the local? Uh, well, the, flavor kind of like there, there are so many crafts now in Baltimore, and uh, actually uh, Guinness Blonde is made in Baltimore. Oh, they have a brewery down okay. there that I'm dying to tour. Blonde isn't bad. Uh, now, see, you hear Natty Bo, Natty Bo, right, Natty right. National Bohemian. Well, it it's no longer made in Baltimore. It hasn't been for years, and they they used to be the chief owner of the Orioles, the uh, the National Brewing Company. Okay, uh, I think National Premium is still made in Baltimore, and that's really pretty good beer. 
Nat- national Bohemian. I didn't like it when it was made in Baltimore myself. That's just right. your, your well, taste. You know, like different. Iron City was to Pittsburgh. That's what I was getting at. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, but it's still a tradition. A Natty Bone Baltimore gotcha. Palmer okay. Hunt. You know, so I would say yeah, that's still the the ballpark beer choice. If they even sell it there, God knows. I mean, <laughs> if people enjoy something and their Orioles experience the Angelos, just swipe it away. So. Your little dog too. <laughs> yeah, of course. Pittsburgh is the the Iron Iron City. It's almost like it's uh, when I go to a game, I have to have an icy light. Right, I have well, to. I mean, that's how people are about Natty yeah, Bow, Baltimore. You know? Yeah, not 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 so much in Iron City for whatever reason. Gives me a headache. As I can't explain it. I've had several in my day, and it just gives me a, it's a headache beer for me. But icy light, I can do that. Yeah. When I went to, we went to Wrigley. Uh, and so we had to have an old style, and it, I I thought it was horrible, and I had uh, I had two because I bought one for my friend Toby, and he didn't drink it. I don't want to drink beer. It's like, well, what am I going to do with this? Because I don't care what you. Well, he he's not. Did a, you leave him in behind? Fair, in fairness, he has never been a beer drinker. But I was okay. just trying to be. Hey, yeah, be a guy. Nice, sure, be a yeah, guy, right, man. Right. Right. But uh, I don't want to drink it. So I, I ended up drinking two, and I didn't really. He was smart not to drink it. Oh, okay. So he came out uh, the better for it. Well, he acted like he knew what he was talking ah, okay. about. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, let's go to the Nationals real quick, okay. as we've been promising for the last hour and a half. Um, <laughs> because we kind of ran down the Bucks and O's. And before I left on vacation, we were, the, the trade deadline was approaching. Yes. And you said, and I agreed. That the Nats, you felt they were primed to make a second half run at the NL East title. They just had pieces coming in place. If Strasburg can come back yeah. and be healthy and whatnot, that they can push the Mets and the and the Braves and the, and the Phillies. I come back from vacation and they pretty much traded away, <laughs> traded away half the team. Thirty percent. Yeah, tra- they traded thirty percent. Thirty percent of the team. Are you? I mean, obviously. Are you surprised that they chose to punt on the season instead of trying to make a deadline push? I mean, that that kind of caught me off guard. It really did. I think after the Orioles swept them, I, I, I mean, I really felt the Nationals were going to call back in at the break. I thought, you know, you watch them. They're going to be a second-half team. That's how the organization's built and for the long haul. Well, apparently Mike Rizzo, who I, I, I think he's – an outstanding sure. general manager, yeah. so I'm not questioning anything he does. Uh, he was not comfortable with the depth of his farm system, and so I think he was willing to give it a shot. I think when they were swept by the Orioles to start the second half, which I didn't even know till right now. Again, I was on vacation. I checked out. I didn't ba- even know that. Ba- yeah, Baltimore beat them uh, in, in three straight in Baltimore, and uh, the last. Loss was excruciating for the Nationals. A hand blew a, a save in the ninth inning. And uh, then the following night, they had the Phillies beat, and Mr. Hand <laughs> blew another save, and I think that was it. That was it. And they, he said, we're just going to do it now, and they did. And uh, Max Scherzer had a, a, a 510 thing in his contract, you know. And uh, the fact that he – so quickly agreed to be traded to, you know, a selected teams. Right, right. Mostly the NFC, NFC, National League right. West 
contenders. It's like, wow, game's on. And it really surprised me that they traded Trey Turner. Turner, right. And that name surprised me more than, than Scherzer. Scherzer, yeah. yes. Because, you know, I just thought he was the future uh, along with Soto. But uh, apparently they got quite a haul. Everything right. I've read, that they, they really uh, – Rizzo has – Begun to replenish the farm system in a very nice manner. Right. And, 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 and right. I guess the, the situation with Strasburg didn't look very hopeful right. at all. And right. so they thought, why fool ourselves? Let's just do it. Right. And I, I mentioned yesterday uh, all the players that they gave up Scherzer, Turner, Schwarber, Josh Harrison, Hand, go down the line. They got 12 prospects. 10 of those 12 were automatically in their top 30 prospects yes, I saw that. in the farm system. So, yeah, Rizzo did a good job of restocking. It just goes to show you how how fleeting success can be yep. in really any anything. anything. Because you look at the Nationals who won a – when was that? 20 – three years ago? Eh. The year before last. year before last. Two, it's before the shortened year. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Cubs 19. in 2016 – 17. Uh-huh. Look, at, look where those two teams are now. Cubs finally win a World Series for the first time in forever. Nats win the first World Series in they've ever had. Mm-hmm. And both teams are just now gutted. Completely gutted. And it just goes to show that enjoy it while you <laughs> enjoy it while you have it cuz it could be gone just as quick. You know, it, it it's uh, I'm not a Nationals fan for my own selfish purposes. Uh I, I again my whole thing is always will be whether I'm right or wrong, you know, who invited you. Right. But uh I felt bad. I I, st- I I will always feel bad because the Nationals have yet to really be able to fully celebrate right. that World Series with their fans, right? Because of course, last year was it was what it was, right. the sixty game se- season and the you know the pandemic and uh, was by the way still going on. Anybody listening out there about that? But. Uh, uh, and then this year, well, we'll do it. We'll do it right, you know, next opening day. And it, it just kind of never they they were never really able right. to for whatever reasons. And and that that's unfortunate. It is. For, it is for, for yeah. the district and uh, those fans. Yeah, well, I totally agree. On a more uh, personal, uh, but they, they were level. able to celebrate a World Series when they were Orioles fans. By the way, but anyway, <laughs> I, I digress. From my own personal experience, before we go to break here. On a much uh, a smaller level, I, I can relate to that because, as I've talked several times on this show, about uh, the Frankfurt cross-country team winning a state championship, they've never had an opportunity to celebrate that with the school or yeah. the student body or anything like yeah. that. And I bring it up because my son was part of that team. Yeah. yeah again, being selfish. Well, you should. But, you know, they won that state title as Halloween. They never went back to school after that. Yeah. That year, never went back to school until later. And, you know, my son talks about it. And I, I'm pretty sure they feel the same way. Uh, that they never really got the proper, you know, welcome back into school. Hey, state champs yeah. kind of deal. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, and, that's unfortunate. And even whenever they, they hang the banner, four of those kids will be graduating and sure. and gone. So, yeah, I, to your point, I, I completely get it. I do feel bad for the Nationals fans who never got a chance to mm-hmm. sit there and, you know, watch the team get the rings. And I don't know, Do they hang banners in Major League? I guess they do in Major League Baseball or some yeah. symbolic whatever. Yeah. But uh, now 
Now I feel bad for Nationals fans for all different reasons because your team is, uh, well, they punted on the season. On a positive note, your son did see the Cueto game. He <laughs> And it comes full circle. <laughs> it comes all the way back around. Yes, he saw the Cueto game. I did not because I was working. All right, time for a break. News and what weather. Running shoes on his feet. <laughs> News, weather coming up. Stick around, WCMD. This is the morning rush. Mike, have you been following, watching, uh, paying attention at all to the Olympics? I have not been. Okay, that makes two of us. Let's move on. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Let's talk that's, about that's your Olympic coverage for this Tuesday morning. Some dumb stuff. <laughs> I, I, the only reason I know anything about it is because it was on the background. I was on vacation because my mother-in-law loves to watch the Olympics. Right. So it was always on at least one TV. Uh, volume turned down, and every once in a while, I would just I would get a glance of it. Yeah, that's pretty much. And that day. was it. Yeah. You know, I did spend about an hour or so Sunday night in the living room with my son watching like some long jump stuff, and yeah, I, I, you know, it's not terrible. I mean, it's not like I, I I I miss it on purpose. It's just yeah, when I watch it, I I've enjoyed it, and actually, I, more than anything, I have watched is the track, right. And right. it, it makes me appreciate, reappreciate how how much I've always loved track sure. and field. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I, I agree. So, yeah, I, I enjoy that. Hundred uh, percent. Some of the sports are really stupid uh, in the Olympics. I don't get the whole uh, handball thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I get that. Maybe it's fun. Maybe people uh, very it, healthy too. It is. Well, any kind of movement is healthy. Uh, something I would know nothing about. But uh, I don't know. To call it an Olympic sport, badminton, an Olympic sport, it's a fun backyard activity. Well, it's good for PE class, but Olympics. Well, I mean, I mean, what are you looking for? I mean, track and field. What's what traditional? I guess. Well, badminton is a traditional Olympic sport. There was uh, (laughs) since what? I I think always. Really? Yeah. I'm telling you. Going back to ancient Greece, they were playing bad, they <laughs> no. were playing badminton. Well, <laughs> were they playing three on three basketball? That's not an Olympic sport. How either. stupid is That's that? That's not an Olympic sport either. That's kind of my point. I didn't even know until this year. It might be the first year. <laughs> three on three hoops. The Greeks in their badminton club. Three, <laughs> three on three basketball. That's something you do for a fundraiser for a church, not. Compete for a gold medal. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. That I thought. I mean, let basketball stand on its own, right? You know, which the U.S. men did win again last night. Oh, by the way, so they move on. I think to the semifinals. As I was turning off the TV on Sunday night after watching the long jump and the hammer throw, which I find fascinating, mm-hmm. they were going to do something called canoe sprinting, which I don't even know what that is. I don't. Are you, you should just, watch. Just the name itself Learn doesn't something. move doesn't move the needle. Like, is it just people canoeing on a straight line? Is that what a canoe sprinting? Speed canoeing? No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> you do that. I'm, I might just you, turn. When you I, do that on a Potomac whenever you have to use, go to the bathroom. When, okay. <laughs> when, <laughs> you got to find a spot on the shore real quick. Well, but anyway. Yeah, I, I don't go near Another story, water, another day. For the most part, unless, no, well, never mind. Anyway. 
Uh, well, I tell you what. I, when I leave here, I am going to finish my column. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be on the Orioles, and right? then I will. Uh, uh, if I choose not to exercise, you know, Olympic walking, <laughs> maybe I'll just turn those Olympics on and see, see what I can learn. I did see. Not be so close-minded as some of us are. It's not a matter. <laughs> it's not a matter of being close-minded. It's just some of the things I don't think should qualify as an Olympic sport. That's all. <laughs> a world competing on a world stage with three-on-three basketball this doesn't make any I, sense. I'll, I'll admit I was in a uh, public house yesterday, and that badminton was on, and I requested that they turn it. They turn it to another Olympic there you go. venue. We could watch. There you go. I think they, it was the women's basketball. Was okay. Playing. Okay. I did see that Simone Biles won bronze in, on the Jeez. balance beam. I, I hope uh, no. You, I hope no one was going to build a day around that and watch it. And you just told them that. Sorry if you DVR'd <laughs> it. Sorry about your luck. The, the whole time things get. The whole time thing gets me screwed up. Oh, I know. Because a lot of this stuff airs later on in the day, but it already happened. Right. Oh, no, I know. You know, overnight. Just like the women's soccer team losing to Canada yesterday. That news broke at like 5.58 in the mm-hmm. morning, but they weren't going to air the game until later. I, look, I can't help it. Okay? It, this game drove over in Tokyo. It's halfway around the world. It's not my fault. You're a professional, damn it. Spoiler alert. Simone Biles won bronze on the, on the balance beam. <laughs> can't tell you who won gold or silver, but she got the bronze. <laughs> So, hey, you can watch your DVR to find out who won the gold and the silver. There you go. But it wasn't her. <laughs> After all that drama uh, with her going on, I'm glad she came back, was able to compete in at least, you know, medal right. uh, in something. So there you go. So that, that's our Olympic coverage. Uh, for I do believe that Japan still leads in gold medals. I did hear that. Japan uh, or China? China. Sorry, China. The Olympic Games are in Japan. Mm-hmm. China leads in gold medals. Right. Uh, I'm not sure where the U.S. is. And if I cared, I'd look it up, but I don't. So there you go. There you go. I do, I do like the Olympics. Don't get me wrong. We've talked about it before. It's just not – like when I was younger, I had yeah. to sit down and watch it. It, well, it did more for me back in the day. It just doesn't do it anymore. As we said, back in the day, that was all that was on. Because right. m- most of your baseball games were on the radio. That's true. That's true. And uh, TV, television or was – Or you just got your local team. And that was it. There wasn't all this. Right. If, yeah. if it was right. on, it, right. it, it was, the, the Orioles were only on maybe 50 times a year. Right. And the Pirates, I think, were only on like 30-some right. times a year. But, um, I mean, it was it, it. it was it, the big deal on television. Right. Now we had 9,000, <laughs> you know, options just on cable television right. alone. Right, you're right. You know, so it's it's completely different. Yeah, in the day, yeah, sure. You just camped out, watched every second oh, of the Olympics. Yeah. Heck yeah. And and it still throws me off that they're still calling it the 2020 games. Yeah, I know. They still, you know, I understand it was supposed to be last year. I get it. With the, what, Euro Cup, too? I, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I watched quite a bit of that. I believe that. Well, I've, a friend of mine's a gambler. <laughs> so I just picked, picked it up osmosis. Hey. Whatever works. Yeah. Got to have a reason. All right. Uh, one final break, and then back to uh, wrap things up on a very interesting morning rush. We've covered basically everything. Pretty much, and everything and nothing. That's right. All at the same time. Stick around, WCMD. 
This is the Morning Rush. Reminder, tonight, Nationals baseball, as uh, they take on the Phillies, game two of that series. I catch it right here, uh, pregame at uh, what is it, 635. A couple of things I wanted to get to before we get out of here. NBA free agency kicked off last night. Mike, I know you're very excited about I am. that. Uh, some guys stayed put. Some guys need a change of address. I think the biggest names... The Hawks gave Trey Young a five-year rookie max extension worth up to $207 million. And I think he deserves it with the run he had with the Hawks in the playoffs. Uh, Kyle Lowry, probably the biggest uh, free agent name out there, arguably the best player in Raptors history. All apologies to mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard. ACIT alum. Good call. Good call. He goes from Toronto to Miami. In a sign-and-trade uh, sign deal, uh, reportedly for three years at $90 million. Uh, other free agent wheelings and dealings. Chris Paul, who opted out of his final year on Sunday, he re-ups with the Phoenix. Four years, $120 million. Uh, I don't think he's playing out that contract. Four years. Mm. I don't think he has four years left in the tank. Uh, Lonzo Ball, jumping from the Pelicans to the Bulls. Uh, Chicago also signing a Lakers free agent point guard Alex Caruso. The Knicks assigning Evan Fournier mm. away from the Celtics, a four-year, $78 million deal. Knicks also re-signed uh, Derrick Rose. And the Lakers, who we established earlier, I did not know they had, they got Russell Westbrook from the Wizards until this morning. They signed four players yesterday. All four were former Lakers. Uh, Dwight Howard, Kent Bazemore, Trevor Ariza, and Wayne Ellington. Why? Because after the Westbrook trade, the Lakers had just four players on the <laughs> roster. <laughs> heading, heading into free agency yesterday, the Lakers had four players. Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Marc Gasol. That was it. Because they sent everybody else to Washington. Just enough for a three-on-three basketball team. <laughs> That's <laughs> they still have time to get over there and compete for the gold. <laughs> Even after the four signings, the Lakers still have up to seven roster spots they need to fill. Uh, heading heading into camp, that's incredible. And four players in a row. Oh, look at me, they're four pretty good players. Well, uh, uh, the Dwight Howard caught my eye. Yeah, but yeah, he actually he helped them win a title back uh, with Kobe back in the day. Yeah. And Bay's more decent. Ariza's decent. Ellington is like 84 years old. I don't know how much he can help. But, uh, look, if you have four players on your roster, it helps that those four players are Russell Westbrook, yeah. LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Marcus Gasol. I would say so. But uh, So, there you go. Lakers primed to make a push. Apparently not very happy with their early exit uh, in the playoffs. Uh, one more big newsworthy thing. Uh, this one from the NFL yesterday. Carson Wentz. Here's a shocker. Brace yourself. Hurt again. I know, hard to believe. Uh, the new Colts quarterback underwent surgery yesterday on his left foot. He could be out five to twelve weeks, which yeah. to me, that's a pretty loose. That's a pretty loose uh, time frame. Uh, Usually, it's like four to six weeks. Right. Three, five to twelve. Five to yeah. twelve. Yeah, I've never, I've never saw. I never I had never seen that one. <laughs> it could be a month. It could be three months. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, to hear uh, Frank Reich tell it yesterday, this was an old injury that Wentz suffered in high school. He broke a bone in high school that 
Jimmy Loose in practice, and now he has surgery. So here's a guy who the Colts get. They're very excited about him. Reunited with Frank Reich because it felt so good. There's a reference for you. Yeah. And now he's on the shelf for it could be three months. Yes, Frank Reich, also a former Turk. Right. Uh, he did not seem too happy yesterday, did he? No, and, and nor should he. Uh-huh. You know, because a lot of people, you know, Philadelphia couldn't get rid of Wentz fast enough. Uh-huh. And a lot of people thought, well, he gets back with Frank Reich, who was the OC in Philly, mm-hmm. when Wentz had his near MVP year before, I know, he got hurt. And now he's on the shelf, which could be three months. So now you got a question, like, where do the Colts go from here? Do they trust their draft pick from last year, Jacob Eason? I think he was a fourth-rounder his second uh-huh. year. Short-term. If he's out for three months, then what? Do you bring a veteran? Of course, I heard Nick Foles' name being mentioned again because it's always mentioned around Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, Foles says, well, I'm a Chicago Bear right now. I can't comment. Right. And according to him, uh, he hasn't been contacted by the Colts. They would have to trade for him. I mean, what, what do you give up for Nick Foles? And I heard uh, Tony Kornheiser say it yesterday, and he is right. Nick Foles has pretty much stunk anywhere he's gone <laughs> other than backing up Carson Wentz. Uh-huh. Which is why people want, you know, hey, you know, Wentz is hurt, bring in Nick Foles, who, who again, would be reunited with Frank Reich. And so it would be a logical choice, I think, mm-hmm. for the Colts to reach out and see if Nick Foles is available from the Bears. Because right. right now, Foles is third on a depth chart. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, not the start the Colts wanted uh, with Carson Wentz in house, out. Could be a month, could well, be three. We'll see. My, uh, I, Weep not for the Colts. This is true. Never. Another another one on your list. Never. <laughs> Ever. Never. All right, that's it. We are done. Uh, man is up next to Tri-State today. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Mike and I back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Five to 12 Five to 12. Stick around. The man is up next. WCMD. Bye.